for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. We are live and amplified. So let's get ready to podcast. Fire it up. Welcome, everybody, to another live and amplified livecast. I'm your host, Tom Quiet, and we're back at it again with another amazing podcast. Today, I'm here with a very special guest. We have Olin Wallace. How's it going today, Olin? Good. Doing well, doing well down south. That's, that's good. Well, I think I'm a little bit further south than you are, but uh, I'm currently in Waco, Texas, so it's... Uh... Sorry, I come up. I come from all the way up top, uh, northern Minnesota, right next to Canada. So everything's south to that. I got you. I got you. I, I'm originally from Chicago myself. Not quite as far north, but I completely get it. I completely understand. So, um, but first off, I want to thank you so much for giving us the time to sit down and chat. I really appreciate it. Um, before we kind of jump into everything you got going on, what's your origin story at can you tell a little bit about yourself for the people that may not know who you are? Yeah. Um, so like I just have previously mentioned, uh, um, I'm originally from the top of Minnesota, um, had a desire for music, uh, as a young age and from a young age, uh, I started doing music. My mom got me into piano lessons when I was in like second, third grade. And that was kind of my first taste in music a little bit of making my own and actually starting out and uh, there moved on to to like high school band and you know takes the usual steps into that and played in the pep band and concert band and stuff and uh, uh, but really made me pick up the six string and start writing songs is uh, my grandpa originally uh, he played music a long time ago and uh, late 60s early 70s uh, he came down played Nashville and uh, he used to play tons of shows and when we would sit around at the hunting shack before we'd go out hunting or when we get done hunting from the day, you know, he'd break out his guitar and we would sing around uh, our wood stove and our campfire and stuff like that. And he'd sing those classical country songs and hang senior songs. And uh, that's where, that's where my love of the guitar and my love of actually writing and stuff really took off from there. And uh, that's what drew me down to Nashville. I came down here um, for school about four years ago. Um, and then I went to I went to Belmont for audio, uh, so I took uh, I took kind of the backstage or back backdoor route into becoming on stage. Uh, I did a lot of stuff with audio and things like that, and uh, so that, that's kind of my little bit of my background, um, personal like hobby stuff. I grew up doing horse stuff, and so a lot of my music comes from an outdoors aspect of uh, really being being in the things and like you know singing about what you actually do with your life. You know, nothing's really made up. Um, that's, I grew up with horses and grew up, you know, outside in the dirt and the mud and, uh, guns and all the things that, uh, that a true kid should grow up with. Yeah. I, I feel you on that one. Um, so you're, you're currently based out of Nashville and you said you've been there for about four years. Did you finish, finish college? Yep. Yep. I went to, I finished college. Uh, um, what was it? 
like a year ago now. So I went to school for like three years. And okay. then uh, after that, I, I was actually working for a sound company for a while. Um, I worked for Spectrum Sound and then okay. the pandemic and the show shut down and, you know, yeah, uh, everyone stopped working for whatever music they were working for. Now. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it's always interesting because I talk to a lot of musicians that go down to Nashville to go to school at Belmont. And there's a good majority of them that just don't finish because their music career starts going somewhere. And then it's just kind of like, okay, I took the classes I need. I'm good. You know? So it's always an interesting question. Yeah, no, I definitely, I wanted, I wanted to finish out. I wanted, you know, that was a, that was a piece. That's an achievement in life. It's kind of, if I'm going to start something, I'm going to finish something. So it don't really matter what it is, you know? So I was going to, didn't matter how far along the music was going to take me at the point I was at, you know, I was gonna, I was gonna finish that. So finish yeah, yeah. that about almost two years in now. Okay, gotcha. So you'd mentioned that once you graduated, you started working for Spectrum Sound, and then pandemic hit. Of course, as as pande- as a pandemic would do, knocks everybody, um, kind of out for a loop and what have you. Um, so you're are you? hundred percent now full-time musician or do you like once things start to open back up are you planning on going back uh working for spectrum sound or wherever uh so right now um i actually work for two separate horse branches in uh the thompson stationery in tennessee and that's what i'm doing um kind of as the day job while stuff is shut down i'm still doing tons of music obviously i'm still releasing music Mm -hmm. um playing songs shows out now you know everything it's just condensed you know we just don't have bands behind this so we're you know we can do duos some places are letting in some places are letting in you know threes um every once in a while you'll find a venue that's letting to do full band stuff um but a lot of it is kind of the same thing it's just you're by yourself now instead of instead of playing with bands and stuff like that so um but the plan is um this this might be a little farther along in your conversation, but plan is hopefully when 2021 rolls around and stuff starts opening up, um, put out and uh, working on an album throughout this winter, um, mm-hmm. an EP throughout this winter, and then that'll release in the spring. And then, Lord willing, the venues will be open by then, and we can actually tour the album um, full band and actually push that. So shouldn't have to go back to it. Um, but if everything's still shut down, like. You know, right now, yeah. a lot of stuff is up in the air. Yeah, I, I 100% totally get Like, you got to be 100% flexible right now just because we don't know what's going to happen in the next six days, let alone the next six months. So, um, but you'd mentioned that you're still yeah. actively releasing music. Uh, you just released a new single, Neon Withdrawal. Um, what's kind of the story behind that song? So... Like sat down in the room. Um, I wrote that with two other guys that I write with pretty consistently. Um, Dylan Palmer and uh, Elmer Nabel. We wrote that song together, and we got into the room and um, you know we we kind of discussed like you know the fact that everything shut down and what it's kind of being been like for for artists and musicians and with not being able to do that and what music really is for us and as, as a release and stuff like that. And really it's kind of like an addiction to us. And that's kind of where the withdrawal part of it came into is it's like, this 
is our one thing we love and this is the one thing that we constantly fight for and want to do every day, day in and day out. And with everything that was shut down, we, we lost that. And then looking at it from a fan aspect too, like I'm just as much of a fan as I am. <clears throat> excuse me. I'm just as much of a fan sometimes as I am an artist, you know, there's still people I love to go watch and, and I can't even go watch my favorite bands and artists or friends play. And um, you, you miss that and you miss that whole piece of it. And so that's where the withdrawal piece came in. And then we kind of ran with the idea and it's just, you know, it's, it was an outlook, it was an outreach to our fans. Like, Hey, don't give up on us. Like, I know we're going through this and I know us artists are going through this all together, but like, don't give up. We're coming back. It's coming back. Like we're saving the music. We're going to, be back soon so it's really a song of hope that you know everything's going to open up again soon and that we're gonna we're gonna be able to be on be on the road again and be playing shows for people yeah absolutely and then um how far into the pandemic did you start working on this song since it is very much about missing the stage and stuff like that how far into the pandemic um this song was a pretty pretty quick turnaround actually for for me in general, I usually, I usually take, you know, like we'll write a song and sit on it a couple of weeks or something, and then we'll come back to it, you know, see if we'd like miss some pieces and then stuff and then have the recording process and everything. But we, we wrote this probably um, beginning of August, oh, okay. you know, mid August, wow. beginning of August sort of is when, when the song really came together. So it was a really quick turnaround to be kicked out in September, you know, written August, end of June, beginning of August, and then kicked out in September, you know, and, uh, so it was a quick turnaround song, but like, it was one of those things where, you know, you write it and you're like, man, this just needs to be said right now. And this is, people yeah. need to have this and people need to hear it. So, yeah. and I knew that, I knew that once we finished the song, it, it was something that people needed to hear. And, you know, there was that little piece of hope and everyone needs something that is a good feel good song. When I went in to talk to the producer that helped me with it um, and the guys that put it together, I was like, Hey man, this is, this isn't going to be a sad, like, man, we still can't get together. This is going to be like, hey, we're coming back. You know, it's a, it's more of a party fight song than it is an actual, like, let's drown in our own sorrow kind of song. Gotcha. Yeah, it's a, you know, it, it's a really cool, like I ha I've had a chance to listen to it a couple times and it's a really, like it speaks to what a lot, what I'm sure a lot of musicians are going through as far as, you know, like not being able to, see see shows or be a part of shows or you know like whatever aspect they enjoy the most you know um but it, it definitely speaks to what a lot of musicians are going through and and a lot of fans as well not just kind of single it all out but um you know the fact that you got it turned around in little less than six weeks that's you know like that's like, i mean i guess nashville is set up like that though isn't it like where if you've got it written. Yeah, Nashville sometimes. Good. Yeah, sometimes you can just, you can whip that around really quick. If you got, if you got a couple guys on hand, you got, you know, some phone numbers you can call, you can, you can really pull that around pretty quickly sometimes. Yeah. In that absolutely. city. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then did you, what, what was the recording process like? Did you do a lot of stuff remotely or was everything done in studio? Uh, no, we did, we did everything in the studio. Um, obviously we kept, you know, everyone was kept distance and stuff like that, but yeah, no. And 
and that's a piece of it, you know, as far as for me, I know a lot of people send in stuff out and they'll get tracks back to them and they'll chop it and put it together and stuff. But when you get a, when you get like a group of people or you get a couple people that can really talk to each other and you want to, you know, you feel the music more than you, you piece it, you know, and then once you can, you can actually feel it and you have a rhythmic sense of it as a group and as a band together, it, it's a whole different kind of meaning than if you just kind of send someone something and then they send you something back and you chop it and place it where you want it to be. Um, so we did everything, everything together. Um, we did everything in the studio, actually. We didn't have anything sent out. Gotcha. Awesome. And then you kind of already talked about this, but your plan moving forward is to do a EP. Was this song, is this song kind of a part of that EP or since this wasn't really a part of your original like release strategy moving forward, since this was such a quick turnaround, is it not, is it just kind of like a one-off single as far as neon withdrawal goes? Yeah. So this, this one will be a one-off single. Um, there'll be another single before the end of this calendar year mm-hmm. um, that is recorded already and is ready to go. So mm-hmm. that one is, is being held back. It's still secret what it is and stuff like that, yeah. but uh, that'll be coming out before the end of this year. And then the winter it's going to be sit down, focus, just write, pick apart every song meticulously and find the six, seven songs that I want to end up on the EP. And the EP will be the, the storybook of my first EP and my first album of, of who I, of who I am. I mean, you have pieces of it now mm-hmm. um, with that being Neon with Charles being the third single. So you have little pieces of, you know, who I am in my storytelling strategy, but then when this EP comes out, it's going to be my, you know, the big, this is who I am. So yeah absolutely um so for like for the ep do you already have the uh songs selected or are you specifically writing for this ep i'm specifically writing for the ep right right now okay i have a couple um that i already have done that i know what i want on it and but even then I'm going back to those and kind of picking them apart again and being like, making sure that this is what I want specifically or looking at the lyrics again and making sure that they're the best that they can be. Gotcha. Gotcha. And uh, so for like throughout the entire pandemic, obviously there's not been that many shows. I know there was like a brief period there where Nashville opened up and they were doing shows and bars were getting shut down, you know, just like all the, craziness going on uh have you been uh like doing like the virtual shows or have you pretty much just uh stayed away from that um i've done some um i've done some virtual shows um on instagram and facebook and stuff Mm -hmm. um i did a virtual release party for the single um and then the other thing and keeps the rust off is I've been doing a lot of songwriter rounds. Mm-hmm. So still going out, still being able to play your own music and still being able to interact with people, you know, but a lot of the, most of the songwriter rounds in Nashville now are all open back up again. Okay. Everything is still limited capacity. Um, and they have very specific standards of, of cleaning. So like mm-hmm. after every round, everything gets meticulously cleaned. We have mic covers on stuff. Um, so it's very, very sanitary when we do it. Um, and even some bars require if their tables aren't six feet back, they're putting plastic in front of the stage. That way there's no germ exposure there. Gotcha. That's, that's really interesting. Like the fact that 
you've been able to kind of still do right. I'm sure it's probably not been throughout the entire COVID era. era. I'm just kind of guessing at that point, but like the fact that you've been able to get back out and start playing shows, you know, it just shows that it's like, okay, we can start. Yeah. We did a, we can start getting back to some sort of normalcy. And it's, and it's been nice. Um, I hosted around for a little while um, and we played outside mm-hmm. during the summer. It was so, so it was super nice weather. And then it was really easy to distance everybody apart. Like we did everything under, we had two, we didn't allow any more than two musicians on stage so they could be a good distance apart from each other. We cleaned everything after each people went up and sang, but I mean, doing it outside was really nice. You had nothing concealed in, everyone could spread out really easily. Um, and if anyone was too close, we'd still had masks that you had to wear, but, but yeah, we did that just so, you know, just to keep the music happening. So yeah. it never died. Yeah, absolutely. So what's, what do you, what have you been doing to kind of challenge yourself? Create, obviously you've been working on music, but have you been doing anything else to kind of challenge yourself creatively? Have you been listening to different types of music to pull influences, pull from influences? Have you been learning how to play, I don't know, the theremin or like, have you been doing anything to kind of challenge yourself creatively? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I've been working on, definitely been working on like my lead skills with guitar and stuff like that rather than just playing the songwriter chords you know being able to actually like because after the the you know passing up the great van halen you know we all miss him for that and like trying to work through that kind of thing and like being able to play like those lead stuff and you get you can play those chords and so i've been doing a lot more work with my guitar um taking a lot of stuff focus on that and uh really been working on the storytelling aspect of things i listen and I listen to a lot of um, like Cody Jenks. I'll listen to a lot of what some people call Americana music, but I'll listen to those guys because like Cody, Coulter Wall, um, even some Whiskey Myers, I'll listen to him too and stuff like that. Cause they, they'll listen to those story aspects and, and the way Cody writes his songs and how he tells his stories, you know, really involve myself and, and try and realize the difference of being like one adjective can make the difference of an entire picture to one person if you're describing it correctly and really you know and just go to people and just ask people stories and then try and paint the picture back to them and being like hey if this is this is the story you told me if i articulated it this way would it still make sense that it's your story back to you kind of thing um so even if you're changing words a little bit here you're not actually changing the story so that's a that's a big piece of it that i'm constantly working on all the time is being able to better myself with with my storytelling and and finding the proper adjectives that aren't too boring to people gotcha that's that's really you know it's it's always interesting to see how people are spending like obviously you you've had uh or you've been able to keep a job of some sort working on working with horses and so you don't have as much free time as a lot of musicians but it's great to hear that you're like taking the time that you the extra time that you do have to sit down and study and like work on skills that will make you a better musician in the long run 
Um, so that that's really encouraging that you're you're taking the time and doing that. Um, when you're not playing music or working with horses, like on your free time, what are you doing? What do you do to kind of uh, run away and free time? Uh, there's not a lot of it, um, but I actually a lot of my free time. I mean, I spend a lot of time with my girlfriend Kinsey. Um, otherwise, I'll be out. I actually just adopted a rescue horse um, a few weeks ago, so I'll be out working and training with him. Um, and he's still working on getting his muscle mass rebuilt back up. And then uh, I adopted a dog earlier this year too. So he's still needing some training things done with him too. So working with the two adoptee animals in my life and helping them. Um, I also volunteer at a, at a ranch in Thompson station and, uh, we do, uh, youth mentorship, um, with using horses as a medium. Mm-hmm. And then we also, uh, foster rescue horses, which is where I got my horse that I adopted oh. is I helped the foster foster him when he came in and then adopted him. Oh, wow. Nice. That's, that's really cool. I've, I've been looking for the right dog to adopt and take in, but every time I go to the, the humane society, it's always, Oh, the one I or the one I'm drawn to either doesn't like me or, you know, you know how dogs kind of are that they, 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 they just, yeah. so like, they pick, they pick their people. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, I'll be, I'll find one, one day it'll, it'll be the right moment. You know how it goes. Oh, so as far as like your music goes, what's kind of the plan moving forward as you prepare for the uh, production of your EP? Are you looking at, Show, are you starting to look at like get doing bigger shows or because things are starting to open up a little bit or are you just more ready to get to the production on the album and then you'll focus on that on shows and stuff after the album what's kind of your plans moving forward um definitely uh definitely focusing um definitely focusing main majority of the time is going to be on the ep and writing that making sure that it's going to be the best quality Mm -hmm. music that I can put out. Um, now that being said, I'm also not turning off shows. I'm still mm-hmm. playing shows, um, but we're not looking at setting up a tour for this winter. Okay. Um, but definitely still playing shows and still playing out and playing regionally. And um, I'll even go back up to Minnesota, but they're still pretty shut down compared to down here. I know they've been really tight with the restrictions most most of the time on everything. Yeah. Um, so. Um, might find a guy who wants me to go up there and do a parking lot party for somebody or stuff like that. But as far as, as far as playing bars up in Minnesota, that might be a little, little difficult still. Um, but yeah, no, definitely still looking to play shows and go around and playing that. Um, and definitely here and there, I'm probably going to do some more, some more virtual shows for people. Um, but the big focus is going to be making sure I can put out the quality of music that I know is inside of me getting my stories and, and hopefully helping people with the music that I put out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when there isn't a global pandemic, how often are you usually uh, doing shows 
or playing out live? Um, if I'm not playing a big show, I'm definitely at a songwriter's round probably once, a, at least once a week, usually two to three times a week. Um, okay. when I'm, when I'm really getting into the thing of things and when there's, you know, everything was booming and everything, everything was opened up, you know, you're getting in indoors and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, when it's, if I'm not playing, you know, a festival or something like that, I'll definitely be at a songwriter round just throwing back to, you know, the beginning of the song and really breaking it down and, and telling the story the way that it was originally written. Nice. Awesome. And uh, you tour, you don't just play in Nashville, you tour, you'll, you're willing to tour out and you do tour out outside of like Tennessee. Oh, yeah. Where's uh, oh, yeah, no, I definitely leave. I've done a, I've done quite a few shows when I go up to Minnesota. I'll definitely do lots of shows when I go back up there. Gotcha. Where's uh, one place that you haven't played yet that you'd really like to? It could be a city or a venue. So, like, are we talking like, like big time dream that we always wanted to play? I mean, you could take it however so, you want to take it. it this, like, you know, like dream, dream scenario, where's one place you'd really like to play? So, um, when I was kind of my big turning point in my life, um, cause I always messed around with writing and playing and stuff, mm -hmm. but my big, my big turning point of when I saw the, the person that I wanted to be and I said, I want to do that for the rest of my life. That's what I want to do. It, um, it was the first concert I ever went to. My sister took me to a Justin Moore concert when I was 15 and it happened in Duluth, Minnesota at the deck. And, okay. and that's where like one place I've always wanted to play. It's a, it's a hometown crowd. It's the mm -hmm. people you love and the people you grew up with and the people that you write for. And like all your songs are about them because like a lot of your songs are about them. Cause those are the kids that like influenced you the most. And those are the kids that like, you talk about your backwoods boys or anybody like that. Like that's who they were when you were in high school. Mm -hmm. So that's one place that I've always wanted to play would be go back up there and, and play a show there. Gotcha. No, it's, you know, it's, that that's actually a fairly common response is like whatever the it, the local place was that they uh, somebody's seen a lot of shows like i was talking to one guy from la and he said we're we're from the same area and he said this uh like this little civic center in northern illinois and it's like you know it was just one of those things like out of every place that you could possibly play that's the and it you know so it, that's actually a fairly common answer is to go back home to play that one venue where you've seen everybody that you've ever idolized as a musician you know so that's um so i don't want to take too much more of your time but you don't have, or you're not at a point yet where you can release, or you're ready to release any information about the upcoming single or the EP. But do you? When's your next show that you have, or do you have anything on? The uh, my next show is I'm doing a show at uh, the Commodore Grill in Nashville. We're doing a writers' round there, and uh, it's on November 9th at seven o'clock and all that information will be on my Instagram and Facebook and Twitter account and all that stuff. Gotcha. Awesome. 
And then one thing that we like to do on Live and Amplified is pass on knowledge to younger musicians. So if you're cool with it, I want to take the next few minutes and just kind of pass on as much knowledge as we can. So from your perspective as a musician, when you were starting and really trying to find your sound, like trying to find who you wanted to be creatively, what was what advice do you have for a musician that's at that point in their career where they're just trying to find their sound? So, so don't, um, this is, I had a really hard time with this when I first started. Okay. Um, don't personify somebody else. Mm -hmm. Um, cause the first times I would ever step on stage, you know, you have that person that's in your head. That's your idol. You have that, that guy. And you're like, I want to be that. So then when you step on the stage, you immediately become that, but the world already has that. And you're never mm -hmm. going to be as good as that thing because that thing is who they are. So don't personify whoever your image is. You can have a likeness to them, mm -hmm. but always stay true to yourself. Stay true to your own vocal. Don't change. You know, like if you're a singer, don't try to sound like somebody else. Don't muffle your vocal to sound like somebody else. Don't sing oddly. Don't overnasal yourself. Just sing with your true voice. Uh, I had a really hard time with that when I first started. I always wanted to sound like somebody else because I thought that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, definitely that is, is just staying true to, true to who you are. Um, and for me, a thing that I would say is if you're a writer and also even if you're, if you're just a writer, if you're a writer and a performer or anything like that, sing about things you love, sing about things you care about, sing mm -hmm. about things you do, write about things you do. Um, because if you try to write about something you don't necessarily know about, know anything about, or like you just kind of heard it in a movie once or something like that, it's a lot harder. One, it's a lot harder to write about, but two, you're automatically going to lose all the passion for it you're going to, when you sing it out, um, you're not, it's not going to hit you the same. You're not going to have the same story push behind it. If you write about something that you love and things that you're passionate about and it doesn't matter, you know, you're like things I like are corny or like no one really likes what I like. There's people out there that like what you like. There's a lot of people in the world. Someone's going to like what you like. Yeah. Don't worry about it. You're going to be a lot more passionate about it. If you sing about it, it may be a little harder to find the people that like your specific niche, but they're going to find it. And then when yeah. they find it, they're going to love you. And then that's where it starts. Yeah. It's that old saying birds of a birds of a feather flock together. And that that's, yeah. So, um, yeah. For, so yeah, just kind of staying authentic to who you are. And I, I really like that. You said the, um, don't try and, uh, imitate another musician. You could be influenced by them. Right but don't like try and straight up imitate them because they already exist. There, there doesn't need to be another name, any band or musician in the world, you know, yeah. it just like you could be influenced by them, but yeah. So I, I really appreciated that you said that because I don't think enough people say that. No. So I tried it. It don't work. Yeah. Um, 
what's kind of your writing style uh, when you sit down to write music? Since you're getting ready to do this, th- this will be kind of an interesting little topic. Do are are you one of the music? Are you a musician that can say, okay, I'm going to sit down and write for the next three hours and write, or are you more spontaneous with it and you'll be driving down the I-10 or something and get hit with a, with an idea? So for me, it's both. Okay. Um, so my creative process starts, you know, with life. Mm-hmm. Starts with the things you do. Mm-hmm. Starts with whatever you're doing. So usually, you know, I'll be working with a horse or I'll be working, you know, something I'll be hanging out with my girlfriend or I'll be with my dog or, you know, just doing something or at a show or at a bar and you see something and then that's where something clicks. You know, you hear someone say something, you're like, Oh, that would be cool if you like change these two words and it would rhyme with this. And then you have a hook or you have a, you have a scene that you saw and you're like, like, okay, that would be pretty funny if you wrote about that, you know, stuff like that. Um, And then it's just a little bit, you just write down the hook, you write down half a verse, you write down a couple lines, you just write the story. It doesn't even rhyme or make sense. You just write the story down. Um, and then you have that. And then once that's there, then I usually sit down with it by myself and relive whatever I just, whenever it hit me, you know, relive that little piece of it, why I thought of that, why, what made me think of it. Um, once I relive that, you know, you come up with, you sort of already have a melody in your head when you write it, but then you have to actually come up with like what chords and everything you're going to put to it. um, And the little licks you're going to add into it. Yeah. So then you add add all those pieces into it. And then you write, I'll usually write half. Sometimes it's a whole song. Usually it's just half, maybe a verse chorus. And then I'll bring it to a co-write. I'll be like, here's the idea. Here's the gist of it. This is the story behind it. Here's the back layout. Here's the progression melody that I was thinking of it. And then we sit down, we all discuss it. You know, you have the lyricist that's writing something and you have the melodic guy who's doing cool guitar licks over here. And then you have the devil's advocate who's like, well, why did you do this? You know, and then you're in the room and everyone's back and forth and battering around the idea and messing with it. And then it's, then you have the idea and you have a song and the song's done. And then I sit on the song, you make a demo of it or a voice memo or something in your phone and you just listen to it over and over again and and you pick out the things you're like okay I don't like when I did that I don't like how this flows and you go back to it and then you make changes to it and then you just kind of keep doing that until you fall in love with it and then you're like okay every time I hear it I want to hear it again and then then it's a song then so everything is I'm pretty meticulous on everything and everything is very detailed I will write down to the last word gotcha no, I was, that was actually going to be my next question about you brought up the going into co-writes because I know that's a very Nashville thing is doing the co-writes because, yeah. like, you know, it, like, I mean, obviously, at least on the independent level, like, you go into mainstream music and you look at a song and there's five co-writers on one song but it was the first time that I went to Nashville and I was working with a few musicians and they were performing a song and as they were introducing it they were like this is my song insert title here and it was co-written by this person this person and this person and so then after they got done playing I had to have them explain that to me because I was just like 
I didn't realize that was something that happened on the independent, like on the independent side of stuff, you know? So was that? Yeah. yeah. I definitely, I co-write all the time. I, I love co-writing just because I like picking other people's brains and I like to see how their brains work. You know, like when you come up with an idea mm-hmm. and if I tell you something and I have a meaning for it, but you have a different life story. So you're going to put a completely different meaning to the same sentence that I just said. If we're in a code together, you know, maybe my story is the first verse and your story is the second verse because the chorus works out for both stories, mm-hmm. you know, so then you, but if we never co-write together, then we're never going to know that. I'm yeah. never going to know that story. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So that's, I, that's why I love co-writing. There are songs that I've written. There's songs I've written by myself. Um, I've written a lot of songs by myself. Um, but yeah, co-writing is, I 100%, if you want to be a songwriter, you want to really do this, start co-writing, start finding people to co-write with. Um, mm-hmm. You're not always going to love a co-write. Sometimes you're going to write with someone and they might be a great person and you love them as a friend. You can't write with them yeah, because your brains are different. That yeah. happens. It's okay. Um, yeah. But don't worry about it. It's going to happen. You're going to find your people you love to write with. You're yeah. going to find people that are hard to write with and you can still love them as people. Yep, absolutely. You know, and it's, it, even if, you go into a co-write with the i um just going into a co-write to learn how other people approach music and writing music and you know maybe somebody writes the lyrics first maybe this guy over here writes the hook and then goes you know just like their approach in a just like even if you look at it from that perspective of going in and okay I'm not going to be married to any of the suggestions they make. I'm going to go in just to kind of as a creative writing session, like let's say. So like there, there's definitely a lot of good things to come from co-writes. So. Oh yeah. But um, so where can everybody find you online? Where can they find your new music as you start releasing it? You know, all that fun stuff. So my Facebook page is just Olin Wallace Music. Um, my Instagram is Olin underscore Wallace underscore music. And then my Twitter is at Wallace Olin. Um, Otherwise, if you just go into the search bar and pretty much look up Olin Wallace music on anything, I'm the mm-hmm. only person that shows up on all of it. Um, my music's on, on all streaming services. It's on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, Amazon Music. Anywhere you listen to music, you can find me. Um, there's three singles out. There's Never Forgotten. Uh, there's Crazy and there's Neon Withdrawals. And to uh, so just look up Owen Wallace and you'll find all my music right there. And there'll be something else that's coming out before the end of this year. So be on the lookout for that. If you follow me on Spotify, when that new single comes out, it'll show up in your, uh, your little like soon to come out yeah. box on your Spotify. So if you guys go and follow that, um, the new music will be showing up right there. Awesome. Awesome. Well, once again, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, really appreciate the time. I really enjoyed getting to know you a little bit. I do have one final question for you. Yeah. Pineapple pizza, yes or no? Oh, yeah. 100%. Okay. I wasn't sure which way Minnesota, a Minnesotan was going to go with that, but 
Okay. You, it's you the just... perfect combination. Okay, I'm a big cooking person. I love to cook. So flavors okay. to me is a really big deal. And you have the ham, which is extremely salty. And then you have the tropical fruit of the pineapple. It's the perfect combination of like sweet and salty. Okay. That's already mixed in with everything else. Now, if the proportions are correct, it works. But okay. if you have, you know, sometimes you get pineapple pizza and it's like just pineapple, yeah. then that you're probably going to end up with soggy pizza and you shouldn't order from that place in yeah. the first place. Yeah. So. Gotcha. But for me, pineapple on pizza, 100%. Okay. I, I'm using my platform to see if people actually hate pineapple pizza or if it was just me growing up in Chicago. Oh, yeah. Or- I do. My mom does. Gotcha. Gotcha. But once again, thank you so much for jumping in with us. Thank you everybody for tuning in and we'll catch you guys later.